Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast, the reason that all of the other podcasts exist. How are you guys doing as ever? And since day one, I am joined by my trusty steeds. On my left, Matt Haney. How are you, pal? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Once again, just excited to be here. Great to be here. And there he is, the most negative man in Scottish rugby, Anne Little. Hello. How are things? You okay? Good. So we're not the only podcast that cares about Scottish rugby now. I don't know. People are... No, one can, no one can prove that, actually. So <laughs> people are out there caring, I think. It's hard to say the SRU don't care about Scottish rugby. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got to that stage where it we might be in their new, mission statement. We so. need a new strap line, so please do get in touch with us and let us know. How about on Twitter, at Thistle Rugby Pod, or on Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod, or slide into those emails thethistlerugby at gmail.com Okay, plenty going on Um, We're going to have a quick look through some news, there's actually been quite a lot going on, including a lot of very bad injury news for Scotland Matt is going to run us through the Tenants Premiership results We're going to look back at very exciting um, results for Edinburgh and Glasgow at the weekend and progression into the quarterfinals and then look ahead to the daily grind, the real bread and butter that keeps us going all year round, the Pro 14, and preview those games for the weekend. We're going to save a lot of our Six Nations chat for a preview next week ahead of the Italy game, so come back and join us then. Should we kick off some news, lads? How about some bad news? Hamish Watson, hand injury, looks like he's going to be out for, well, there's been conflicting reports, at least the sort of first couple games, but maybe an opportunity to be back at the end of a tournament. How big an impact is that for Scotland? Yeah, it's a, it's a really big loss. It's such a shame. He's obviously been playing so well this season and uh, for both Edinburgh and, and Scotland. Um, you know, hopefully you see him back, but it's just whether if you miss that amount of time, you can get back to sort of full fitness and even, you know, that Italy game would get him a chance to, to get up to speed with international rugby. So it's a shitter. I guess at least you can still do cardio work with a broken hand. Yeah, it's true. 
so hopefully he shouldn't get too off the pace. Mm. He looked quite chirpy on the sidelines. He obviously like wasn't in that much pain. <laughs> like Adrenaline and everything. I yeah, I guess so. But yeah, I think especially with John Barkley being out, I think apart from McAnally, that was probably the injury that would have the biggest impact, I think, on that Scotland team. Yeah, I think if we ever lose McAnally, we're in all kinds of trouble. Although, <laughs> uh, Glasgow's Instagram, there was a photo of Fraser Brown running again. So, you know, he might be coming back anytime soon. Pray for Brown. Pray for Brown. But that was not the only injury news. few updates to the Scotland squad since it was announced last week. Um, so, back row is Luke Crosby from Edinburgh. Really exciting prospect. He's been called up, as well as Matt Smith from Glasgow. Um, Alex Dunbar in the centre and Rob Harley. And that's to cover off. Sam Johnson, who picked up another concussion. That guy cannot catch a break around Scotland squad time. Johnny Gray with a shoulder injury. Ryan Wilson being doing too much heavy ball carrying. He's injured his shoulder um, as well as um, uh, Hamish Watson. So what do you guys make of those replacements and those sort of injuries? I actually think that's unfair because I think this weekend, Ryan Wilson probably had, <laughs> probably had his actually. strongest game for ball yeah, carrying. He did. I know. But, but, I mean, but it's it, funny. So yeah, this, it's is fine. What, this is what we do. <laughs> we are a light entertainment podcast. You know, I can't let an opportunity to slag off Ryan Wilson just fly me by. Re- regarding those replacements, I think it kind of to show it must it must show that the conversion rate of like professional contract in Scotland to international must be one of the highest in the world. Yeah, because obviously because they've only got two teams, but like you know, Matt Smith and Lewis Crosby are definitely exciting prospects but Matt Smith has not even really played much for Glasgow this season no and you, it's the same with the hooker situation it's just basically like are you a hooker on the books at Edinburgh or Glasgow you'll probably get in the squad quite soon yeah I didn't even know Kev Bryce was like a professional until like a few weeks ago <laughs> so he's I think he's technically still on a <clears throat> sorry a partnership contract oh, really? with Sterling County <laughs> I think so I worry now that a few more injuries particularly in the front row and like one more in the back row which chances are probably going to happen it's, yeah, I mean, we look, it's sort of, and we look really threadbare. It sort of creeped up a little bit. I remember, like a few weeks ago, it was sort of like, "Oh, Barkley's out," and it was kind of like, obviously that's annoying, but that's fine. And actually, originally it was only for a couple of weeks, and now when you look at that injury list, you're just like, "Oh, fuck." I think is- I think for a long time I was, I thought that Kevin and Showman were Scottish. I got too much into Glasgow <laughs> and Edinburgh, and I was like, "It's fine. We've got great yeah. front rows." Yeah. But no. I still think that front row of Dell, Nell and McAnally has got enough. Especially Yeah, it's probably still your first choice front row, really. Yeah. I think particularly with Nell really getting that level of form that we he had a couple of years back. Yeah. So in Europe he's been incredible as yeah. part of that Edinburgh unit. And speaking of uh Scottish South African uh imports, Scottish under twenty squad was announced today with such names. Uh, as Kristen Van Niekerk, and I think the greatest name in Scottish rugby, if not the best name in rugby at the moment, um, Teddy Leatherbarrow. What a <laughs> name that is. I'm excited about the Leatherbarrow. I think he's from Paisley, is he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he's from he, the Gorbals. He's from the Leatherbarrows of Paisley. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else do you guys make of that squad? A lot of exciting names coming through, some that we've seen before at this level um, and obviously a few others Nathan Chamberlain one that we've not seen too much of from the Bristol Bears coming in at 10 yeah well I think one of the issues for Scotland is potentially the lack of 10s kind of coming through you know outside of Hastings there's not really a Scottish 10 in either of the either of the pro teams 
So, obviously, Ross Thompson at the Hawks, but then you've got Nathan Chamberlain, who's sort of an 18-year-old, playing for played a couple of games with Bristol A. Yeah. So, kind of hoping that he kind of pushes on um, during the tournament. But, I mean, looks like a relatively good squad. And, obviously, this is quite a lot of the players that did pretty well at that Scotland, at that under-18 tournament last year. So, yeah. they're probably going to try and emulate the under-20 side of sort of two years ago. No professional experience, as far as I can see, which is the one downside. Yeah. Maybe a few of those guys will come into um, Glasgow and Edinburgh squads, but yeah, once again, there's sort of the the new SRU scouting system seems to have unearthed some people that I'm sure 99% of us, including three of us, have never heard of. Oh um, yeah. Is Kristen Van Niekerk the Quagga Van Niekerk that we were talking about the last time there was an under 20 squad? I, I mean, it it plays the same club, and it it must be. All right, I looked him up. He's absolutely massive, though, for a young lad. He's at yeah. 105 kgs, almost two meters tall, whatever that means in feet and inches, but that's quite a lot, I think. And one, another one to keep an eye out uh, for is Ewan Johnson, who plays in the second row for Racing 92, whose dad, we found out today, is a falconer in France. <laughs> Professional falconer Professional falconer. He's giving us some tweets. How cool. The, it is a bit scary, though, when you compare it to the England squad, and they can, A, still call him Marcus Smith, Mm. They got Ted Hill, who's been in the England squad. He's had a cap. He's had a cap, and then you got people, even like people like Fraser Dingwall, who yeah, who played for Northampton. Who plays has played regularly for Northampton this year. Yeah, you're like, mm. <laughs> but Scotland beat England under 18s. Yes. With that in that group. So that is true. Yeah, I mean the, the gap between under 18 and under 20 <laughs> when you've been playing the Premiership versus yeah. playing <laughs> Prem One or some lad in the Spanish leagues is probably pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is that that Spanish club? Can't pronounce it, don't even try. Let's just leave it there then. <laughs> good. Um, so we'll see how they get on. Um, and the uh, Scotland 7 squad has been named for the next tournament down in Hamilton, um, New Zealand. Uh, a real mixture of uh, absolute stalwarts like Scott Riddle on his 69th tournament for um, Scotland. Nice. Nice. Um, and a few of the younger lads coming through the kickoff. Um, on Saturday evening, 9 p.m., you can check that out against France, then into Sunday morning, the 20 to 1 a.m. slot against Kenya, and then 20 past 5 in the morning against South Africa. Pretty tricky group for the Sevens as they get back to it. I think South Africa is the main one to be wary of, but I think they can beat the rest. Yeah, and they all look like they're having a really great time. So lot, there's a lot of tops off going on, isn't there? Yeah, a lot of like Instagram action going you on. Would, you would, wouldn't you? I mean, I if, yeah, if you're a professional rugby player, you would do a lot of Instagramming. Yeah, yeah. you got to fill the hours, I suppose. Do you, I mean, I do a lot of taps off Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody needs to see that, and we shouldn't dwell on it. I mean, my girlfriend doesn't even like seeing it. So. <laughs> um, some other news coming out today: Edinburgh Rugby. Um, forwards coach assistant forwards coach Roddy Grant is rumoured to be off to Ulster in what is becoming a fairly well trodden path for people from Edinburgh and Watsonians head coach Stevie Laurie is being touted as the replacement Matt you've been keeping an eye on this what is the latest? Well yeah it seems as you said the rumour that Johnny Petrie has grabbed Roddy Grant and taken him to Ulster with him Um, I think Steve Laurie's always been on that sort of if not fast track, but pathway to become a professional coach. Obviously, he was going to be the head of the Watsonians uh, franchise in the Super Six. But I think it's good to see, like a young guy who sort of, you know, earned his stripes in the leagues. Um, and I've heard some pretty good things about him. So 
Hopefully he does well at Edinburgh. He's given the shot. Yeah, and he's obviously, you know, Dan McFarlane, who's obviously head coach at Ulster, wasn't specifically in the Edinburgh setup. He was more like Glasgow and Scotland, but Rory Grant's obviously made a big enough impression with sort of, I imagine, yeah. I imagine they, they have been in a lot of situations yeah. together. So, no, I reckon it's probably a pretty good move for him. I imagine he'll probably step yeah. up to be like forwards coach under Dan I think McFarlane. he's a, yeah, I mean, he used to coach um, our second 15 at school. and Who, Stevie Laurie? Stevie Laurie. And in the infamous match that we played against each other, Dave, which had about four red cards. This is what Watson's he, he second was, 15 yeah, against yeah. Stu Mel's second He 15. was coaching, and one of our players got injured, and our PE teacher, the coach, had to go and take him to the hospital. So Steve Laurie was in charge. Yeah. And at halftime, he just got us around and said, this is Watson's boys. I'm not your teacher. Do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> and it was this amazing match, but I think it had, yeah, three or four red cards in the that, end. That was the game when a friend of the pod, Bruce uh, Green, one of the, the Stu Mel players, was sitting on top of him and just punching him in the face repeatedly. Yeah, yeah I didn't know Bruce at the time, but I really loved that moment. <laughs> Great times. Well, Stevie Laurie, hopefully he can bring uh, some of that to the Edinburgh forward pack. Obviously, just to balance out Cockrell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cockrell's too meek. They don't yeah. have that angry guy in the Edinburgh changing room. Um, that is a, a real shame. We'll see how that one goes. Not Nothing confirmed yet, but it all looks like that is going through um, pending paperwork. Um, okay, Matt, Tenants Premiership. Give us the rundown what's been going on. Yes, do it. So, uh, first off, Harriet's a big win away at a slightly weakened Melrose uh, side, but... Uh, great result for them. Um, Glasgow Hawks beat Ackies by a point, 15-14, in the basement battle. Air pretty comfortable away victory against Hoyk, 36-12. Um, Watsonians Curry, um, 29-23 uh, to Curry in a match. I think you were at, Alan. It was. And Burham Muir lost heavily and surprisingly at home to Stirling County, 46-28, in a bit of a middle-of-the-table clash. So what, how was the sort of Edinburgh derby? Good. Love seeing the Sony Bums lose to Curry as well. <laughs> as Curry, obviously beating Harriet's last week in the last minute, and then pretty tight win against Watsonians. Yeah. Obviously pretty nice for them after they've missed out on a Super Six contract to beat two of their Edinburgh rivals. I think they've beaten all the franchise teams now. Yeah. This season. And uh, no, so specifically, um, I know Thomas Thomas Gordon, who's actually now on the bench for Glasgow yeah. at the weekend against Connor Boyle, who's the the under twenty. Yeah. Seven, Connor Boyle's pretty like horrible man, just like killing people. I think people. he's only really? eighteen. Yeah, he's only just out of school, Connor Boyle. No, so Luke, Luke's really good. Um, but yeah, so no, nice to nice to get down and, and check it out. And speaking of that that tenth Premiership, there's been a few bits and pieces come out a bit more detail around the Super Six, hasn't there, Matt? Yeah, so um, Gav McCall QC has been hired by the SRU to do a big sort of Gav know, QC in, investigation into the into the league structure next year and they need a QC to do an investigation into the league structure. <laughs> third, third party I, I know it's mad isn't what? it um, and uh, it seems as if it's not fully confirmed but that there will be no relegation from the Prem yeah. this, the next season so the Super 6 teams will go up into their own league and the remaining four will go into the championship um, with the top six from current National League 1 and I think as it stands, all the amateur teams from the franchise winners will then drop into um, National One. Yeah. Okay. With the likes of Kelso, Hamilton, Dundee High, which is a bit of a funny. It'll be a bit. I think Kirkcaldy, Kirkcaldy against Air, and obviously they'll be very different teams. But you know that is a pretty big mismatch. 
Yeah, well, we'll see yeah. how that beds in. I'm glad the QC got in on that. I mean, notoriously, QCs are very cheap, so... Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I'm glad they've spent the money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we managed to get through all of that. Okay, so we have a uh, look back at uh, the European results. Um, to a really, really successful weekend. Um, Edinburgh, 19-10 at home. Murrayfield had about... Was it 19,000 or something like that? Yeah, 18, 19. Pretty decent. Uh, see Darcy 19? Graham getting over the... Hmm? Nah, bro, it's like 11. Was it? All right. I was just trying to do some PR work for Edinburgh Rugby. Well, you did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Darcy Graham getting in over in the corner. The guy cannot stop scoring tries. And Jakob van der Waal, very good on the boot. Matt, is that Edinburgh's best ever win? Um... I think, you know, it wasn't like the best match or the best performance, but considering the pressure was on Edinburgh's slight favourites and there was so much at stake, that's just the kind of game where they would have fluffed their lines two or three years ago. So in, in that regard, it's, you know, it's, it's massive. Montpellier weren't up to much, but, you know, it's still a huge, huge win. Montpellier are a bit shit. They are, of course <laughs> they are. Like, I think Edinburgh did really, really well. And the, whole, the main thing Edinburgh had to do was just step up in the forwards and just be able to like yeah, match absolutely. them and, and they were able to do that literally all Montpellier were doing was just like popping to Picamoles popping to Kamara and obviously they're all massive and savage yeah. but as long as you can defend then you and what do you think that was Cotter's game plan or do you think that's just players going to their shell and not trusting each other I, I honestly don't think you can read into any French rugby team and why are they such so- why are they so all over the shop? I just don't understand when you're like they've got backs that are so good as yeah. well. And the thing is, even when they got when they got it into the backs, it was like a couple of times where like Johan Gustin was like taking the line yeah. and they were making breaks. So I think a little bit Montpellier played into Edinburgh's hands. Yeah, definitely. And I, to, to be fair, the one thing that Edinburgh did do pretty well, I think Dean and Johnson are very good at just like first up tackles. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And there's not not a lot of that. They were staying in a few of the centres that early on were trying to get through and they were just holding the line. Mm. But no, I think, look, I think front row and yeah, Jamie the, Ritchie. The, the scrum was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I mean, having to hook Yanni Duplessis after 30 minutes. It's incredible. It, you know, and you think of that front row as obviously like going to hold its own. But to be that dominant, I don't think I've seen an Edinburgh, or like a Scot- Scottish front row minus the showman, do that in a long, long time. The showman is a freak. <laughs> he's unbelievable yeah you can't wait until he's Scottish it's going to be so good do you see his little no look pass on oh, yeah. sort of uh, I, I appreciated ball. it it, it was, was actually a really bad pass oh it was rubbish, it was like <laughs> rubbish. but he started doing that against Toulon as well when yeah. the game was breaking up a bit he's like <laughs> thinking he was a standoff with like <laughs> silky skills so. but, it, loved it. but it was interesting after we sort of talked about last week where Edinburgh were getting the ball in Jakob van der Voelt's hands a lot more they reverted back a little bit to how they played against Edinburgh and so much more was either being played off Pergos or I mean I don't, the first 20 minutes were essentially a chess match between Pergos and Peanut yeah <laughs> it was just like people coming off them and then their box kicking and the same way back so it was interesting that they sort of obviously changed up their game for for Montpellier yeah pretty happy about it great result <laughs> top, top of the group I mean I don't want to go back to it but I did say that they get out of the group at the start of the season. Did you? I don't know, but I was a lot more confident than both of you. No, I, I remember being very <laughs> unconfident about I can imagine. the prospects. Yeah. 
I said we could beat Toulon away from home and you scoffed. And then we bloody went and did it. Exactly. And we saw it and we got tear gassed. I, I am a pragmatic gambler. Yeah. Okay. And I looked at the odds. I looked at the teams. Yeah, but I mean, I've, you known, you, I've known you for quite a long time and you're quite a bad gambler. <laughs> you're definitely down <laughs> on a cumulative net basis. So, you know, I'm going to bet against you every single time. That's fair. I mean, Toulon, Montpellier and a Newcastle that had just finished in the top four of the Premiership. Yeah. I think there's two things gone. One has been that Edinburgh have been much better than we thought and the, and the other three teams have probably been slightly worse than we thought. Yeah, yeah definitely. And someone like Newcastle season, you know, quite clear, you know, they were going to concentrate in the Premiership yeah. quite early on. And then the emergence of Christine. Only you saw that coming, though, Alan. I did. Yeah, I'll give you that. No, no nod for him in the uh, European team of the, uh, team of the season so far, though? Got in the final four, and then I tried to push it on Twitter. <laughs> it kept refreshing. Got about 10%. It was an absolute joke, though. Henshaw got it, and he, he only played, like, three games. It's an easy... It's such an pick, easy... Just, isn't it? like, Henshaw is a good player. Like I reckon like, if, if Sexton hadn't played a single game, they'd put him in as an option for 10. Yeah, for example. But Finn's made it. Matter's made it. Finn and Matter. Finn was the only Scottish player. Matter was the only player from a Scottish club who got in the, the best 15 of the Champions Cup, which f- feels a little unfair. A bit harsh. McAnally, Showman could have uh, put, yeah. up, put up their hands. There's a lot of Leinster pack got yes. in, like your, your Cronin and your Furlong. Again, it's just like name recognition. People are like, I know for a fact that he is a very good player. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I will click him. Yeah. And Edinburgh have earned the right to um, play Munster at uh, Murrayfield. How do you rate their chances for that one? I mean, on the one hand, Munster have this, you know, the European pedigree and everything, and they yeah. are just like a big match team. Um, Absolutely. But then, you know, I think that Edinburgh are playing really well. They've beaten some teams this year that, you know, on paper they shouldn't have or people wouldn't give them a lot of chance of, of hope. So, And they've played Munster quite a lot before. They're familiar with them, so why not? Yeah, I mean, I think... As in the quarters, as long as you're not playing Rassing, Leinster, and Saracens, you're yeah. like, we got a chance here. Yeah, yeah. And um, they're looking to get thirty thousand into Murrayfield or something like that. That makes a huge sure difference. Cockrell said fifty. Yeah, fifty. Yeah, fifty. 000. I think you could get more. You can definitely get more than thirty. Yeah. Well, hoping for thirty would be the full bottom ring, or just about the full bottom. The last time they were in the quarterfinals against Toulouse, they got into the thirties. Yeah, I think it was thirty-seven or something. Yeah, I think if you get close to thirty-seven, I think that's a pretty I didn't get 40. I think Edinburgh... You I think know, it depends how well the Six Nations go. Yeah, that that's point. true. How many of the sort of the part-time rugby fans can they bring in yeah. beyond the Six Nations? Yeah, good point. But no, I think you know, with someone like Munster, like they know they know Munster. Yeah. yeah. They were pretty close to beating them in Tolman Park yeah, yeah. last year in essentially like the quarterfinals of the Pro 14. That's yeah. true. So... I suppose Edinburgh's like 14s are quite closely linked to... Scotland, not just on the commercial side, but on injuries. There's so many of those big name frontline Edinburgh players are going to be playing for Scotland. They're first choice picks for Scotland, and if they go down injured, that has a massive impact on on uh, Edinburgh. Whereas Munster, yes, there's quite a lot of Ireland internationals in there, but they can probably cover it off because Leinster make up two thirds of that Ireland squad. Yeah, I mean, I think again with Edinburgh, McAnally goes down. It's such <laughs> a huge gap between that second place person yeah yeah I think there's pretty good depth in other positions though yeah in the pack at least no definitely I think you're right and uh, what about Glasgow 38-19 they lost to Saris in the end down at Allianz Park uh, try some Seymour Price and that man Ryan Wilson ball carrying over the line to be fair to him um, 
they have earned the right to go back to Allianz Park in the quarterfinals. Absolutely devastated. It was an awesome first half to watch, though, wasn't it? It was. It was sort of a real like sort of mix of emotions. Sort of, were well, they like twelve nil down after like ten minutes? And I was like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and then they obviously came back and were winning. I think nine, sort of nineteen seventeen at one or something at one yeah, point. Yeah. Where they were just getting a bit of quick ball. And managing, you know, for that one try, obviously Sam Johnson threw that pretty great, mm. great pass. Oh, it was such a nice pass. Um, and like Ali Price and just some of the forwards were managing to just find gaps kind yeah. of round the corners of rucks. Ali Price returned to the sort of form we were hoping to see in uh, when he comes back to the Scotland squad. Yeah, Luke Lively. Yeah, Luke Sharp. really good. I mean, at the end of the day, Glasgow had much, were, much, were hit much more by injuries than Saracens were in that match. Well, that was my worry that you looked at that pack... And yeah. you thought against a full strength Saracens eight, Absolutely, it's going to struggle. Yeah. But and you, like, you know, in the end, that I think that told yeah. you know, guys like Chris Osara, for example, like you know, playing yeah. at their ultimate level, but can't really compete. Um, but yeah, it was, just, only... it was just nice to see Glasgow at least in a few bits clicking, yeah. which they haven't really done this season. And guys like Hogg and, and Seymour, you know, the big name players, yeah. doing really well. I, I still think Hastings struggled. Yeah, no, he did. He did a little bit. Like you know, it's probably improved slightly, but especially started to chase the game a bit in the second yeah, half. Yeah, exactly. I think it was big impact that eight, Gray went off at halftime, and then Wilson went off after forty-eight minutes. Didn't Gray go off in the quarterfinal that year? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. As well. Yeah, I think he did. Doesn't yeah. like it up him down there, does he? Yeah, I know. The... I tell you, stepped stepped up. The, the front row in 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 open play were all pretty good. I haven't thought the nuke was quite good. The nuke was good until about fifty five minutes, <laughs> and, and then, then he dead. and then he stayed for another fifteen minutes, and he was a liability. <laughs> like literally, it wasn't even walking. <laughs> like it was literally just like slowly like crawling yeah. to like the rocks. Um, but yeah, no, I thought. As you said, for what that team was, that was a really good performance. And Ho- what- hopefully, a few guys come back as well for the quarterfinal that can just, I don't know, just just add a bit more in terms of sort of leadership and, and belief to senior players. Yeah. But I think it's going to be another difficult, difficult match. Do you think similar similar scoreline in the quarterfinals? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised actually. Maybe a touch closer, but it just feels to me that they can hang on for sixty minutes. But that last twenty when. Sarri start to ring the changes and there's just so much quality coming off the bench as well yeah it's, it's, it's the depth it's the depth on the bench like Kevin Bryce v Tolafua it's 
it's a pretty big gap. Yeah. Um, and even like Matt Smith, you like Callum Clark, like Callum yeah. Clark's like had like England caps. Big Willie Skelton coming on as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Glasgow would kill for a Will Skelton type player. No, it would. But although I do think that Fraser Brown and Callum Gibbons specifically completely well, changed that pack. Yeah, exactly. Entirely. Two really good examples. So, but yes, I think you're right in terms of what will happen in the next game. It'll probably be a similar story to what we've seen here. Yeah, I think it was quite worrying from a Scotland perspective seeing Billy Vunapola back up to full tilt and just that scrum where they just sort of moved it forward and then he just picked it up and just sort of rumbled yeah. over everybody. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, and I mean, Atoji was probably... Oh, Atoji was, was very, fantastic. very good. Annoyingly good. <laughs> I don't really like him, but he's, he's so goddamn good. He is really good. <laughs> Got to give him his dues. Got to give him his dues. So uh, we will see how that goes. That's Let's just pop, pop European rugby away, and then we can focus on the Six Nations for the next few weeks. So we have a little bit of a break with a quiz from Alan, and then we've got an interview with Glasgow Centre, um, Stafford McDowell, and then we'll finish off by looking forward to the games at the weekend. Take it away, Alan. All right. So, obviously, a lot of Six Nations press getting chucked around. So, we're going to have a Six Nations, and there's like a little ad hoc bit about YouGov stats getting chucked in. (laughs) YouGov the polling company. YouGov the polling company. Turns out that they actually (laughs) have done a thing on Scottish rugby fans. Oh, cool! Well, they they've pulled kind of rugby you fans. You got pulled Scottish rugby. Fans. Yeah, it's one of their it's one of their like things that they test for. Amazing. So uh, we'll start with the Six Nations, and we're going to kick it off easy, real easy. Are you sure? I want you to <laughs> give me the six Six Nations captain. Oh, hold on, hold on. I mean, it's a real it's a real who's who of legends. And then for part two, I want you to give me the six Six Nations coaches. We're just easing you in. Of the six captains. Okay. Where does Laidlaw sit in terms of number of appearances for his country? So we're not including Lions appearances, just as an FYI. So just country appearances. And then your fourth question is, of the six captains, where does Laidlaw sit in terms of tries for his country? tries for Scotland? I'm going with quite a punchy, unfair answer. And then your last question is, where does Laidlaw rank in age? Of the six captains. <laughs> Younger, older. This is going to be a really tough quiz if you've got the first question wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. So moving on to YouGov, the polling company. Yep. Yeah. So during their polling process, they obviously ask people who, if they like Scottish rugby, for some, Scottish rugby for some reason. So who are they polling? The whole of the UK? Yeah, there's, there's like a cross-section of the UK. Okay. And for the people who specifically like <laughs> the Scottish National Rugby Union team. Yeah. They then look to see what other stuff they like. It's oh, called, so it's like correlations. So. It's called sorted by Z-score correlation intensity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and uh, I want you to tell me, for the, for the next three, which one of the three answers most cor- correlates with Scottish rugby union fans? <laughs> okay. So we're going to start with an easy one. You've got favourite biscuit. you got a penguin bar. you got a caramel bar. And you got a chocolate digestive. What do you mean a caramel? What do you mean like, like a... Like a tonic's caramel. A tonic's, tonic's caramel, caramel, yeah. Surely. Caramel. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, I'm going for that. Who is their favourite football manager? <laughs> is it Neil McCann, <laughs> Terry Butcher, or Craig Levine? <laughs> <laughs> no way. Where the hell do you find this information? <laughs> and, then, and then your last one is... Favorite, f- 
favorite comedy for comedies they've pulled. <laughs> okay. Because I'm assuming still game would be higher than. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fine, fine, fine. So we're going with mock the week, eight out of ten cats, and <laughs> I can't think of a third comedy. <laughs> so it's uh, one of those. It's two. one of those two. <laughs> okay, so mock the week or eight out of ten cats. That was really good. Yeah, that was really fun. Well done. So going back, going back to the start, Na- Dave. Give me your six captains. Laidlaw, Wynne Jones. Yeah. Farrell. Yeah. Garado. Yeah. Parise. Yeah. And Rory Best. All correct. Got exactly Hanny, you got it? Yeah. Hanny, give me your six coaches. Warren Gatland. Correct. Joe Schmidt. Yeah. I can see you, Dave. I'm ticking them off. Eddie Jones. Yeah. Gregor Townsend. Yeah. Connor O'Shea. Yeah. And Jacques Brunel. Jacques Brunel. Jacques Brunel is the name I could not remember. So I got five out of six. In terms of appearances for your country, where does Laidlaw sit on that list of six captains? Fifth. I said fifth as well. Gone for fifth. Laidlaw sits fourth. Ah. Fourth. Behind Alan Wynne-Jones, Parise, and... Best. Best. Parise, 134. Wynne-Jones... Oh, my God. 120. Best, 113. Laidlaw, 66. Farrell is 65. Ah, but I see. That has four lines. Four lines caps, I yeah. see. And Garado is 63. Interesting. Yeah, Parise is... I mean, he's going to make it to the World Cup. It's going to be his fifth World Cup. That's ridiculous. Five? Yeah, because he, he was at all three. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. That was in the quiz a few weeks ago. It was. Yeah. And I did realise, I only found out this week, that he's also got one drop kick for Italy. I think I knew that. It was quite cool. Yeah. Where does Laidlaw sit in terms of tries? I've, I've gone last. Gone last? Yeah. Last is correct. Yes. Oh, there was always going to be one that was last, wasn't there? So interestingly, Parise's top again on 15. Farrell, Wynne Jones and Best are tied on nine. Garado's got eight and Laidlaw's got four. <laughs> Only four. Wow. I know. I didn't know Best had scored so many tries for Ireland. No, I know. I mean, he's played so many games. I suppose a lot of... Hooker throws in yeah. back of the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flop. Back of the mall. Here we go. And Laidlaw in age. Where does he sit, Dave? Fifth. Going for fifth? Going for fourth. Fourth is correct. Oh, come on. So what you got Farrell, obviously, youngest, 27. Garado, 32. Laidlaw and Wynne Jones are 33. But Laidlaw is slightly younger. Um, Parise is 35. Rory Best, 36. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. I did not know that. He had his first cat of Ireland in 2005. That's mad. <laughs> that's insane. The uh, longevity of these captains is mad. But that's not even that's not as if he's got a cap at... He must have got his first cap at 23 then. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's crazy. It's not as if he got it like a really early age. Yeah. He's been so going like, like, a, like an 18-year-old Brian Driscoll or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so Parise was like... Or two or three, yeah, was 18. Like 18, 19. Yeah. Um, right. What are Scotland fans... Favorite biscuit? Surely a Tunnock's caramel. I was wondering if it was a trick, but I've gone for the Tunnock's caramel it's, wafer. It's the Tunnock's caramel. Obviously, the Tunnock's <laughs> caramel. Super high correlation. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me because they are fantastic. What's yeah. uh, what's your favorite sp- sp- football manager? I went Neil McCann. I've gone Craig Levine. Terry Butcher. <laughs> Why is it? Why? How He's coached Motherwell, yeah. Park Thistle, uh, Inverness Kai yeah. Thistle, Hibs. He's got a broad spectrum, wow, and, yeah. and, Neil McCann, and never Neil pissed off the old firm. That's yeah, a good point. That is really that's true. a good point. She didn't thought. That but about are Neil the McCann. old firm 
Scottish rugby supporters? Probably not. I know, but Terry yeah. Butcher's loved by all. <laughs> That's incredible. He's nail- nailing Glasgow well with Motherwell. He's well nailing Inverness. He's got Hibs through Edinburgh. Fantastic. Well, well, yeah. Look, Terry Butcher seems like a good guy, I think. Terry the Butcher. <laughs> That's why oh, he's, and he's got a seat and next to Princess Anne in Murrayfield. And when I say old firm, it turns out that he actually did play for Rangers now. Look at it. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then lastly, favourite TV show? I went Mock the Week. Yeah, same. Eight of Ten Cats. Eight of Ten Cats. Scottish Robbie fans love Jimmy Carr. <laughs> that is a fact. It needs to be like the occasional Scott on Mock the Week. I can't think of a Scott that's been on Eight Out of Ten Cats. Like, it's just Frankie Jimmy Boy used to be on Mock the Week. It's just Jimmy Carr. They love <laughs> Jimmy Carr. That is really interesting statistics. Yeah. Well done, mate. That was really niche, but excellent. So everyone's just sitting there, a cup of tea, having a tonic's caramel. <laughs> They've paused A out of 10 cats to listen to the podcast. <laughs> Good for them. Rem- remembering how much they love Terry Butcher. Yeah. <laughs> There's Probably. a framed photo of Terry Butcher on the wall by the mantelpiece. <laughs> on their bedside table. It's night, Terry. All right. That, Alan, every week... You really come, coming in. It's creative. Well Every done. week you plumb sort of. I, like, I want to say new depths, but sort of like of weirdness. To reach new standards. Uh, reach new heights. Thank you very much again for that, Alan. Quiz wise, we have had a chat earlier on tonight um, with Glasgow Centre Stafford McDowell. We caught him just before he was making his dinner, so we've got about five or six minutes with him, uh, looking ahead to the Ospreys game this weekend. Here he is. All right, delighted to be joined online tonight by uh, Glasgow Centre Stafford McDowell. Stafford, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. What's been going on today? Prep for the Ospreys game? Uh, yeah, we said captain's run today, so uh, in this morning for captain's run, and then uh, just waiting for the game now. Decent, and uh, picked again in the centres with uh, with Nick Gregg. You've played with him a couple of times this year, haven't you? Yeah, I've played with Nick a couple of times now, and uh, really enjoy playing with him. He's a great guy to play inside of. Uh, give you a lot of chat, and uh, yeah, enjoy playing with him. Absolutely great. And how's it been? Uh, how's preparation been this week? Slightly different, obviously, with uh, a lot of the Scotland guys being away and then coming back midweek. How does that affect uh, your preparation? Uh, yeah, we obviously had a bit of a smaller group kind of Monday, Tuesday. Um, probably looked back, looked back at the Saracens game a bit more those couple of days, and then uh, back in on Wednesday when the Scotland guys were back in, um, started looking towards towards Ospreys, and uh, managed to get a bit of clarity done on Wednesday. Obviously, with those guys back in having the full squad. Class, and, and what were the main sort of takeaways in the room when you were reviewing the Saracens game uh, from last weekend? I think just, um, obviously a lot of the guys that played in that game um, were away with Scotland, so um, probably just that the, the opportunities were there that we didn't take, especially with 10 minutes to go in the game, it was 24-19, they were very much in the game, it could have gone either way, and just looking at what we could have done from that point on to, to overcome, overcome and turn the result around. And obviously it's been a great season for you um, so far. Did you expect to get as much game time as, as you have? And, and how have you found the sort of transition to you know, the, the full professional game? I think I did, definitely didn't expect to get to be involved as much as I have been. Um, obviously I was involved there a lot at the start of the season. It, it's obviously a big step up going physicality-wise and the speed of the game is obviously a lot quicker. But obviously those, those games were there and obviously in the under-20s in the summer do prepare you. Uh, did pretty well for the step up, but it's obviously a lot quicker and boys are a lot bigger and, and uh, it is quicker and more physical. And uh, how did it feel to get, obviously, your full-time professional contract in early December? Yeah, obviously it was a dream come true. It's something I've 
obviously as a kid growing up I've always wanted to, to become a professional rugby player so it's when it did happen it was like I say it was a dream come true and to manage to get a couple of games in uh, during that ultimate international period was good. Do you want to give us just a bit of a background of how you came to obviously getting that professional contract both sort of obviously through school and then with air at club level? Yeah um, so I was I was at my local school for most of my, my school career, uh, playing rugby for Stuart Tree. And then my last two years I moved up to, to Edinburgh and went to Mountain Castle. Uh, played Scotland under-18s uh, when I was up there. And then I uh, came home after school and worked at home for a year on, uh, on the farm at home. And that was my first under-20s year. And my first season were there. Um, then second under-20s year, I was stage three academy. And then I uh, transferred into, into full pro. And obviously your first um, your first year in the under-20s was sort of the most successful um, year, I think, the under-20s in the history of the tournament. How does it feel to see a lot of those young guys like you know, Kinghorn, Graham, Ferguson kind of breaking into that Scotland squad? Yeah, it's brilliant. It gives you a lot of, a lot of, kind of motivation if those, those are guys that you've played with. Yeah. And obviously you talked a bit about how obviously it's been your dream to get the professional contract. Who do you who would you like look up to as a as a centre? Maybe not domestically, don't want to sort of cause any issues, but maybe sort of internationally. Um, I used to be a big fan of Brian O'Driscoll when I was younger. He was someone I watched I watched a lot when I was younger, and then a lot of the Kiwi guys, kind of Sonny Bill Williams, guys like that, man on it. People are always kind of the youngster when you're watching Super Rugby and watching international rugby. They're, they're always guys you watch and, and look up to. Definitely, and. Is is the aim, without sort of getting ahead of yourself, to, to push for, for Scotland squads? Is that something you hope to achieve in the in the near future? It's always something you hope to achieve, but at the moment I'm just trying to take a game at a time and any chance of that to, to play for Glasgow is one that I'll look to take and just get some more of that kind of experience under my belt first. Great, and we, we've got, we, we tweeted about it recently, uh, earlier, sorry, a few uh, messages from I think a few of your pals. Um, First, first question: Why, why have you got the nickname Stiffmeister? Are you allowed to say? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know where that really came from. I find out, I think some boys say I look like Stiffler from uh, American Pie, but I don't really know where that came. But I think someone just said it one day. It's just stuck from then. So, unfortunately, I think I'm stuck with it now. <laughs> it's a good vague politician's answer. Like yeah, well done. <laughs> Um, and I think yeah, it was, it was it was Robbie Smith that asked the question, who I think is on the bench for Glasgow this weekend as well, and. He said, what are we having for dinner tonight? Which I think a lot of people want to know. So, what are you cooking something up for him? Yeah, well, me and Robbie are flatmates. I think it's pre-match beef fajitas tonight, so. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm... from, we, this question we always ask uh, our guests. So, from sort of Glasgow and under-20 days, who has been your worst roommate? I had a pretty bad experience with, uh, with Sam Yamayama one time when he was, we played the Club 15 and he actually got knocked out in that game and um, from his concussion he just kept asking me the same questions over and over again <laughs> I was not remembering what had happened to him so that probably been my worst experience. And uh, one other question, when uh, when you had the under-20s in Georgia, what's uh, what's the nightlife like in Tbilisi? Because we're eyeing up a little trip there for the sort of, um, pre-season warm-up matches, sorry, the World Cup pre-season. <laughs> We're not actually allowed at the hotel too much in Tbilisi. Oh, really? Uh, so I can't really comment on anything outside of the hotel. Uh, it's a lovely place. Another great, vague politician's answer. I like it. <laughs> I think it's great, Stafford. You've obviously got a career beyond rugby. Uh... <laughs>
If you need it. Listen, mate, we'll let you, uh, we don't want to keep you away from your fajitas for too long. So uh, we'll let you go and uh, best of luck for the weekend. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. So a bit of uh, fajitas for Stafford McDowell tonight. Sounds pretty decent. For the Stiffmeister. The Stiffmeister. What? <laughs> He's got, seriously, great political sort of nose. Yeah. Yeah. Just said bat, a, it's just straight back. All said those a questions. couple of lines. But I wasn't. I don't know what was. What was he trying to say? <laughs> so unmatched, strong and stable. From, yeah, uh, from exactly. Stafford there. Exactly. Very, very good. Well, let's start with um, Glasgow Ospreys. The game he was chatting about uh, there. Glasgow have uh, released the team. Um, quite a lot of the Scotland players have been released back. Um, lads, what do you make of this one? I mean, I think it should be a win at home. Uh, I think there's enough quality. Uh, the likes of. You know, Matawalu in there in the backs. Um, Lee Jones, Rui Jackson, pretty good back three. Um, and then you've even got Cummings and Swinson in the second row as well. I just think that's kind of... And Rob Harley as well. I just think that's enough experience and quality to, to get Glasgow over the line. Yeah. I mean, I know... Was it? They've still got, like, Sam Davies. He doesn't seem to really get a look in for no. Wales anymore. But actually, they don't... <sighs> Ospreys have lost quite a few players and they don't have the same depth no. that um, that Glasgow do and mm. I actually think it's going to be a pretty easy bonus point win Friday Hope Night so. Lights at Scotland as well Glasgow are pretty yeah. formidable at home um, it'll be good to see as well um, as we mentioned there Robbie Smith on the bench for his I think his debut he might have had one appearance before um, but good to see him get a little runabout um, and interesting to see that both Alex Allen and Jimmy Batty are involved for Glasgow yeah. considering uh, I presume one of them is going to be the on the bench for Scotland against Italy. Surely it's going to surely Batty you would think is the would be your backup loose head behind Dell if that's going to be your starter. Well, Batty's not played at all this season really. Yeah, I feel like Allen's been getting more game time. A wee bit more, but not much. It's it's not the ideal no. situation. N- n- yeah. N- I just think it's, I, I just find it a bit weird that they're playing both of those players in this match. Maybe they, maybe they, that is the exact reason why they're playing. To get they've not of, had enough games. Yeah, pro- yeah, possibly. Seems a bit of a risk, but maybe they do that sort of thing. I think Ollie Kebble was due to be playing, but he's come down. Good point. He's, yeah. yeah, he's playing a little so bit. He he's feeling playing. a little bit ill, so he would have been there. So I expect one of them probably was due to stay with the Scotland camp. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. No, I think I think even in the back line, like, I know Brandon Thompson has on the whole kind of stepped up and been fine for Glasgow mm. Un- unbeaten Brandon you mean oh, from st- when starting when starting obviously there's the little star next to it every time I say that yeah that sort of clarifies the statement Vitra Vitra. and you know there's, there's an argument to say that Nick's a bit harsh on Nick Grigg from a Scotland perspective yeah I was thinking that you know he ha- he is probably ahead of Hugh Jones at the Glasgow team or he is ahead of Hugh Jones in the Glasgow yeah. team yeah and which makes me think that Chris Harris is still like you know the, the guy that they're going to pick as back sub right or your or your sort of replacement center, yeah, maybe I don't know. I because guess he can play wing as well. That is the great thing. The great thing about Chris Harris is his versatility. But that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think Nick Grigg has like done a lot more in a Scotland shirt and a Glasgow shirt than Chris Harris has done in his. I would be more worried about having Grigg on the wing though. Yeah, but I suppose you wouldn't pick him for that. But yeah, I don't point. think put Kinghorn on the bench covers ten to fifteen sea layer. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, I think there's enough people there like Rui Jackson, Nico, Nick Frisby, who according to Warriors Weekly is in the leadership group for Glasgow. 
did hear that. And Brandon Thompson yeah. for when Scottish players Well, away. yeah, I think that was the yeah. really <laughs> key point. Plumbing the depths of that leadership group. Yeah. You beat someone like Callum. When Scotland players go away, Callum Gibbons must just be like, <laughs> when do I get my residency? I know, this yeah, is I know, such I know, bullshit. I'm really jealous. Like, it's like, Ryan Wilson, can I come? Yeah. Uh, and then the other matches, Edinburgh against Edinburgh, Kings. They're, Kings. They're down. The Kings, there's not a lot going there's not a lot of communication about no, who's down there who's no. not there there was three photos put up on the Edinburgh Twitter today which showed us that the return of the prodigal son is due the photo of the back of Daryl Marfo's head telling us he is in South Africa I mean it is a real distinctive lid <laughs> yeah it's excellent it's a beacon yeah. of hope for Scott, and for Scott there's a photo of there. Magnus Bradbury yeah Bradbury chucking a ball feet, around chucking so a ball around that's good news good. and I think Crosby chucked up an Instagram story Oh really? That he was in Port Elizabeth, so he's obviously so he's probably with the oh, team then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, would make, the that would make sense. That yeah, I know. I, I mean, I realised that Luke Crosby was with what, the team. What, what Luke Crosby's doing in Port Elizabeth? It's <laughs> on holiday. Um, but I think that should be. I mean, barring another complete disaster like Glasgow yeah. had, but that should be a bonus point win for Edinburgh. Yeah, it's Thursday night, yeah. so we haven't seen the Edinburgh team yet. But you've got to think that. They're going to have be. enough quality. Although, obviously, after bumping into old, bumped into Duhan van der Merwe on yes, Sunday did. on a little walk, and he isn't taking the trip out. So the big names have been some big. So names there is been even a couple of non-Scott big names that. Yeah, yeah. Cockrell's like, we're better than Kings. Even the, <laughs> the greatest showman's there. I saw a photo of him um, in one of like the business class beds. And his body was like coming out the side of it. <laughs> he was like lying down. And he's just like this huge lump of a man. He's like too big for the business class bed. That's fair. He's a beautiful man. Is he a beautiful man? Yeah, there's long locks and everything. Fair. Okay. Well, you know, each to, each to their own. Uh, I don't know where to on go. That know. Know uh, where on that note. On that note. On that note. Let's finish off with some quick predictions and then we're done, I would say, lads. Give me a Glasgow Osprey score, Alan. Uh, thirty-one, fourteen. Oh, lovely, Matt. Twenty-five, ten. Forty-two, five. <laughs> Bloody hell! I've just there got big. Fair enough. I reckon they're gonna really rip loose. Um, Edinburgh versus the Kings. Alan, come to I'm you. I'm gonna say it's like actually a bit more tight than you think. Something like twenty-seven, twenty-two. Yeah. I think Kings might be like ahead at half time, and then Cockrell just like rips them a new one. I think, I think it'll be like forty-two, thirty-one. <laughs> That's going to be a classic. Kings always play. They always, they're always going to concede at least the, that. The great thing yeah. I love about these predictions is if they're wrong, we just like never go back to them. So it doesn't, oh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't say what you want. Yeah. <laughs> Who's keeping track of this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think obviously Edinburgh are away, but they might feel a bit at home because this is the only stadium they'll go to which gets like as few supporters at home yeah. as they do. <laughs> it's <laughs> equally cavernous. <laughs> exactly. E- equally cavernous stadium. So they actually, they're used to that. So I think, yeah, they'll canter home. I thought you were making a joke about how many South Africans there are in the Edinburgh team. It's another good joke. Like, well, you know, it's like um, Bandersnatch. On... You can choose which joke you listen to and you record it twice. What? Black Mirror yeah. reference. Oh, I, I, more... I never watched Black Mirror. Sorry, I thought it was more... Uh, yeah, more I, I like the reference. But... That. <sighs> no. Yeah, let's cut that out. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Should we stop now? Yeah, yeah, let's go. And that's why they needed to make three other Scottish rugby podcasts. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. Goodbye. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.